Westport on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. Rugby World Cup time, it's finally here and the expectation levels amongst Irish fans arguably have never been higher. Yes, we've gone to World Cups in the past where we have had expectations and hopes, but we've never gone in as world number one or on the back of having won a Grand Slam in the season that the World Cup is on or in the year of the World Cup. So we're joined tonight by Alan Quinlan, but for the first time by Duncan Casey and also by Matt Williams. But Alan Quinlan, I want to start with you because... The one name that was missing from the team to play and the substitutes to play against Romania tomorrow that surprised people was Mac Hansen. And then this afternoon we have Mike Cat denying that he has been omitted for disciplinary reasons. What's going on here? Do we know? I, I don't know, Matt. Um, I'm only, um, I can only go on what, what I heard myself and what I saw um, uh, online just um, Somebody asked him in the press conference, was, was there a disciplinary issue? And uh, maybe we'll hear something about it. I don't know. It is a little bit of a surprise um, that he is not there. But um, I can't elaborate on it because, unfortunately, I don't know. Um, I've only landed in Bordeaux about half an hour ago. So I'll, uh, I'll try and get, get working on that tonight. It's not great for you now at this stage. But, um, yeah, he, he was asked that. I saw Keane Tracy tweeted about it. Um, and it caught me by surprise as well. Yeah, Matt Williams, it is a surprising one. He is a bit of a free spirit and there was a remarkable interview with him in the Mail on Sunday last week in which he took a journalist around Galway, put it bluntly, on the piss and it made for entertaining reading and it also wrote about how he was having a tattoo of Andy Farrell um, put on his backside as part of a bet he'd taken before the Grand Slam. <laughs> now, is that the type of thing that leads to disciplinary action, Matt? <laughs> um, I always remember... I'm trying not to laugh on national radio here, Matt, but I, I, I always remember Andy Friend, who's the coach of Connors, who coached Mac Hansen for four years and brought him across from Australia because Mac's Irish-Australian. And Andy said, I said, what's he like? He goes, Matt, he's very loose. <laughs> And that's that's Mac. He is a free spirit. I, I would be surprised if it's disciplined. I'd be very. No, I wouldn't, let me tell you, I'd be very disappointed. Out of World Cup, the team is so well prepared. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I, and I heard Alan say that Alan would know much more about the ins and outs of the team. I'm more an observer. You know, I, I would have thought that the reason he's not there, without knowing any of these other stories of. Of tattoos of your cage on their ass, I'm not too sure. I certainly, hope, I certainly hope none of my former players have my dial on their backside. <laughs> but, but I, I would have thought that's for the ne- he's been held back for the next game um, against Tonga. Uh, you can't have a complete, you know. I think there'll be some obviously some changes. This looks to be roughly that side, but I think it's also to give. I read into it to give Keith Earl some more time because he has been out of the national squad for, for some time. Although that does very much look like a starting back line with the exception of um, uh, of Keith. But I, 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 I certainly hope it's not, Matt, because the, the team, as you just said, team has done so well. They've done, World Cups are won two years, 18 months out. Uh, or, or from the um, from the actual World Cup. That's where the real preparation, the real belief, the real work's done. And this team has done that 
Irish teams in the past, with probably the exception of, of 2007, hadn't done that. And and that's why they're in such a good place. And, and you would hope that you, you, that this is not the case. I'd be exceptionally disappointed okay. if it was. Let's bring in Duncan Casey. Duncan, thank you for joining us. What does Mac Hansen, though, bring to the Irish team? What has he brought since his arrival into the Irish squad that's such that little bit different and has helped make Ireland better? So, yeah, I think, Matt, uh, the way you described him as a free spirit, I think that translates into how he plays on the pitch as well. I think uh, he has filled that role of being a roving winger from when he arrived. So uh, I guess that's something we would have seen um, more frequently in recent years in professional rugby and certainly in test rugby. Wingers just having that ability to to roam around the field and get involved as opposed to uh, sticking within a more traditional structure or role. And uh, I think, like, ultimately his personality off the pitch complements uh, how he approaches things on the pitch. He's willing to try things, as we saw with that beautiful cross kick uh, recently uh, for Gary Ringrose's try. And um, I, I think he just offers a lot in terms of unpredictability that you don't necessarily get from a lot of wingers. He's not a huge guy, but he's a very talented guy, an excellent footballer. He's brilliant in the air. He's obviously got a great boost. And uh, he's just uh, packed a bit of a punch since he's come into proceedings that I think everyone um, has been uh, enjoying very immensely. Now, this might sound utterly contradictory, but just hear me out on this. Does he still go about these unpredictable things in a structured way, in that he does come into an awful lot of pre-planned set plays or that when he does make interventions, are they the type of things that would have been practised so that the other players would expect him to be popping up in what the defence that he's facing might see as unexpected? Well, I think uh, certainly from Andy Farrell's point of view, if we contrast the way this side is playing to how we'll say that's the side played at the last World Cup, it's clearly a very well structured game plan and it's a, you know, it's very well thought out and it's very tactical in nature, but there does seem to be far more encouragement for people to, I guess, uh, play outside the norms of what uh, they traditionally might have done under the previous regime. And what you see by that is people, I guess, throwing a pass that um, it mightn't necessarily have always been on, something like, uh, trying a cross kick when it's not 100% on and giving those uh, more uh, flair based prayers the freedom to pop up and intervene at moments where they see fit and you're right Matt like a lot of the stuff that he would pop in, or pop up in and finish off would be pre-programmed and obviously scripted but I think if we look at the overall philosophy uh, Andy Farrell and Mike Cat certainly encourage a lot of freedom uh, in terms of how the guys attack and, and how they play what's in front of them because Matt Williams with Simon Zebo on the programme last night and Simon Zebo never really suited Joe Schmidt because he was also regarded as a free-spirited player. How much better do you think are Ireland now than they were in the Joe Schmidt era because of the willingness to allow players to play what was in front of them rather than always following a pre-structured game? Oh, Matt, I, th- I, I think that you know, the game evolves and moves and changes all the time. It's and in two thousand eighteen, Ireland were right at the top, at the top of that structured game plan, and the game evolved in front of them, their eyes, and they didn't adjust to it. And if if Joel, I believe that Andy's playing roughly the same work. So let's use the term framework. He the, there is a framework of attack, and the players have a whole lot of options in that framework, and they're empowered to make decisions. And the and the best one, you know, obviously we got Mac Hansen's crossfield kick. But when they pass to the forwards, the group of forwards, say, off off the scrum half, and Jamison Gibson Park 
pass it to that forward. He's got three options that he can either pass left or right or back to Sexton to or the out half. And then that out half has five or six options to cross field kick, to pass to the next set of forwards or to pass to the next set of backs. So the whole structure of their attack is about, okay, here we are. We've created this framework that's giving you options. You choose now the best one from the menu. And as that team has grown and moved and developed this game plan, that's what they're doing. They're comfortable within within that framework. They're comfortable with making their options. Almost like a, a football team, uh, uh, Matt, that goes down the length of the field and has a shot at goal and misses it. And just let's go. Okay, well, hang on. We'll, we'll come back. We'll get another one in a little while. They, if they make an error, it doesn't phase them. They just come back and do it again. Uh, and and that looks, you know, gee, was you know. Don't want to be saying negative things about Joe. He's, he's going to be sitting in the uh, New Zealand coaching box tonight in the opening game in Paris, and he's, he's a phenomenal coach. But I do think the, the current style suits the Irish, uh, um, uh, if I could say, mentality and character, but it also suits this group of players exceptionally well. Okay, Alan Quinlan, there's a couple of interesting choices in the pack for the game to play Romania tomorrow. And if you think back to 2019, Joe Smith one that I suspect he will have regretted afterwards was his decision not to bring Devon Toner to the World Cup to replace him with John Klein from Munster, now back in the South African squad, to give a little bit of extra heft to the pack, particularly at scrum time. What do you make of the emergence of Joe McCarthy, the young Leinster lad, to play from the start in the second row tomorrow alongside James Ryan, meaning that Ty Byrne goes to the back row? I think it's probably bigger picture stuff, uh, Matt, because um, you know, obviously against Romania tomorrow, we we assume and we hope that it's uh, it's not going to be the biggest challenge, uh, and on paper it shouldn't be. Ireland should win the game comfortably, but I think it is really interesting to see Joe Joe McCarthy starting. Um, he's definitely impressed during the warm-ups, and he's obviously impressed them during during the. A lot of the training sessions as well. He's a very physical player, and he probably brings that a bit more physicality and power. He's a he's a, um, he's a big man. He's 120 kilos, um, and I think he's starting to grow really. I know Paul O'Connell is a massive fan of his, so I think it's it probably with a view to the uh, you know the South Africa game, the Scotland game, and hopefully a quarter final that he may come into the reckoning, um, not necessarily as a starter, but. Um, maybe off the bench, that they do move Byrne and tie Byrne into the back row and add that little bit of size and physicality to, to, to that back five. Um, also, I suppose they're probably looking at a situation that if something happened, Josh van der Fleer, and they had to make some adjustments in the back row, that do they put Caelan Doris there, bring Jack Conan in at eight, or do they put Peter O'Mahony over as a seven and, and, and you know, have, it, have a, that back five like it is tomorrow night? So... I, I think he's made great strides. Um, he really impresses me, and I think he's really developed his game. And um, he adds that little bit of power, and he probably brings something like, you know, there was an argument to have. A lot of people were talking about John Klein and the way he played for Munster last year. He was outstanding. And um, there was probably question marks about why he wasn't called into the Irish squad. I think South Africa has benefited. And he's probably proven that he maybe um, he was at that level, back at that level. I think in 2019 it happened pretty quickly, and as you say, it was a you know a pick for Devin Tono wasn't a popular choice, but um, the rest of the team didn't do well. Paul O'Connell spoke about the fact that 
John Klein coming into an Irish squad this summer, he would be too far behind. And, and Matt mentioned the framework and the shape that the team play in, and that's probably went against him. But Joe McCarthy can bring that physicality, and I think it's uh, it's definitely something that's in the back of our minds Okay, uh, for South Africa and Scotland. Duncan, you know Peter O'Mahony well. What do you make, though, this continued experiment of running him out at number seven, where he seems to be, as well as being the first choice number six, the designated replacement for Josh van der Fleer if he's not going to be available at seven? Yeah, I guess he's a very versatile player, Matt. He's um, obviously an out-and-out six, I would say, and the fact that Josh van der Fleer was the only out-and-out seven that was selected uh, means that they need to... Uh, experiment with the options they have and I would tie back into what Alan was saying and I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised to see him and Tyke swapping at a certain point um, potentially even playing both sides that's something that is done uh, on occasion uh, particularly in a game like this I suppose Ireland Sorry just um, to explain that so they would scrum down left and right rather than open and blind is it? That's right, yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen terribly often, but in a game like this where potentially they want to have a look at Tyg at seven, I think Tyg would be a, be a very competent seven and a very comfortable seven given the, the type of playing profile he has. That's something that we might see. We might see them swap over. I wouldn't be surprised to is see this that. Is on the basis that Tyburn wins so much ball at rock time that he's a fant- he is like Van der Fleer in that respect, isn't he, of actually winning the ball at rocks? Exactly. I mean, that's his bread and butter, really. And uh, for a guy that's six foot six, it's uh, even more impressive uh, when you think of the angle he has to get himself out and how uh, how long those levers are and how much of a target he gives uh, the opposition. Um, he's probably the best in the world at it, to be honest. Uh, so I think we're lucky in that we're starting a game against Romania and without dis- showing any disrespect to them, it's a game that you know, we would expect to win comfortably. And I do think that uh, we might see a bit of tweaking with certain combinations, both in the row and in the back row tomorrow, because ultimately, and I know it's been a big talking point, um, South Africa going in seven, seven and one off the bench against New Zealand recently has opened a lot of people's eyes to the way they might approach a game like the Ireland game. Uh, I don't think it's something that they will look to do um, on every occasion in this World Cup, but I do see them trying to target the Irish game as... Uh, one where that might be a very effective strategy. I think if you look at the profile of pack that Ireland and Irish teams have struggled with in recent years, we look at Leinster um, against a side like La Rochelle, for example, it's just that big, brutish, meaty pack um, that we have had difficulty with at times. So I think there might be one eye on something like that um, and on being able to manoeuvre and adapt to what's being presented in front of us because there is going to be attrition at this World Cup. Um, there are going to be injuries. We've already lost Kean Healy and Dan Sheehan looks like he might be 50-50 over the next few weeks at least. Uh, so we need to be adaptable. And for that reason, I'm, I'm happy to see Pete start at seven, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Tyg uh, finish up the game there by any means. OK, and just to finish on Ireland-Romania, uh, Matt, Johnny Saxon, first game in six months. Would you expect him to get the full 80 minutes or would he be protected, particularly in the searing heat tomorrow? Because if he wants to do the full 80 minutes, it would give another opportunity to see Jack Crowley at full back working in tandem with him because a lot of the other teams in the World Cup seem to be now looking at using players at full back who have a lot of experience at out half. Yeah, they do, Matt. I, um, I... I think if you look at New Zealand, they have uh, Bowden Barrett at fullback and Richie Mohonga there. Australia did it for for a long time with the Kirtley Beale at fullback. It's a very it, – two pivots, two out halves, whatever the way you want to term it, it's a very good thing. I, I wouldn't like to be doing it 
now in the World Cup. I think if it had been done uh, before over a period of time. Now, now again, sorry, I'm only uh, suggesting because obviously Hugo Keenan is nailed on first choice full back for as long yeah. as he's fit, and Jimmy O'Brien is a good option to have. But England are putting Marcus Smith on the bench for the Argentina game, and almost saying unless he's needed at ten, he will be coming on at full back late in the game to try and change things if they need it. So could that be a sort of a role you could envisage for Jack Crowley as a second playmaker from full back? Uh, I certainly, if, if Ireland do that now, man, I'd be very, very uncomfortable because we, 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 we need you need to have done this a long time for the World Cup. I really disagree with what England are doing there with with this, but I think it's a, a, a reflection of the desperate point England are at. Ireland are not at that point. Ireland are at a, at a very, very different stage to that. I, I do think, and I also don't think Sexton will do 80 minutes tomorrow, and I don't think he should. Um, you know, he's 38. He's come back and played for a long time. Get, let him get 55, 60, see how he goes and get him off. And don't want to push him into real fatigue where there's a chance of doing a muscle or something late in the game because the players are going to be super dehydrated. And I think we should all drop our expectations a little bit I, I, because the the Romanians are going to come out. This is the game of their life. This is the one these players are going to tell their grandchildren about. And it is going to be exceptionally hot and, and they're playing in the afternoon. And that means the, at the last 20 minutes, the first thing that goes with dehydration is your mind. You lose concentration. You'll see small errors. So, so I would get Sexton off once they feel he's done enough and he feels comfortable. Johnny will want to play for the 80 minutes. That doesn't matter. Get him off. And I would be getting Jack on there to get him some more time because he's still a young player. Okay. They have Hen- they have Henshaw there to cover fullback, but I, I-, I think uh, that Robbie may very well come on in the centres. Alan Quinlan, we hope Ireland are going to win the World Cup, but if they don't, who would you expect to do so? Oh, France or South Africa, Matt. I think, um, you know, obviously France being at home, um, it gives them a great advantage. They also have... Uh, world-class players and um, they're a brilliant size. Dupont, uh, no Intimac, I suppose that's a loss from Paul Willem says out as well, but they have some top quality players right across the board and I think, you know, the home advantage will be will be pretty uh, telling for them. Um, South Africa, what they did a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, against New Zealand and Twickenham, the power, the physicality that they have and I think they have some incredible players in Colby and Caden Moody and uh, Damien Willems and the back line. Um, they can score brilliant tries as well. So um, they're right up there. And you couldn't, it'll be really interesting to see what happens later on. You couldn't write New Zealand off. I think South Africa fans, New Zealand and Ireland are, the winner is going to come from that four, I think. Uh, unfortunately, two of them will be gone in the quarterfinals after the quarterfinal stage. But um, without picking Ireland, if you're asking me to ask me to pick one, I'd say South Africa or France. And I just have a feeling South Africa are going to be very difficult to stop with this World Cup. Duncan Casey, who would you think if it's not going to be Ireland? I would be agreeing with Alan. I guess that's no surprise. I am going to go with my heart uh, with France, uh, having spent a bit of time there and seeing the boys that. Uh, does emanate from the place when there is a big rugby occasion on. Uh, I do think that they have the quality and uh, both like both in terms of skill set, but also in terms of physicality uh, to deal with a side like South Africa. South Africa's um, 
you know, unique selling point, I guess, or their biggest strength is just that, the viciousness and that, that brutality of that pack. And I think France have the bodies to match that in a way the other sides necessarily might not. Um, obviously, Uni Antonio is getting the nod to start this weekend. He's 150 kilos. Got Roman uh, Taufanua coming off the bench. He's six foot eight, 135 kilos. That's uh, a type of profile of player that Ireland... I haven't been able to enjoy, uh, unfortunately. Uh, so I would, I would be back in France to get the upper hand against South Africa should it come down to it. What about you, Matt Williams? Yeah, I'm with the boys uh, exactly, Matt. I think it's if if not Ireland, France or South Africa. The one, the one caveat I'd put in this is because of the way the pool stages are uh, are structured, there is the opportunity for a bolter from the other side who will not be as beaten up as France, South Africa. Uh, Ireland or New Zealand coming through that really hard pool, then they'll have to play a tough quarterfinal. So t- tomorrow, the, the, whoever wins out of Argentina and England, and I think Australia will be will have a great run to a semi final and could jag it, depending because this is going to be a very very high attrition uh, World Cup. But right now, if I had to say it, I would say France and then South Africa. But I think Ireland are in a really, really good spot. Okay, well, that brings me to my final question for each of you, and I'll go back to you, Alan, first on this. Assuming we get out of the group, because we cannot write off Scotland, ranked fifth in the world, putting off a shock, but let's assume we're in the quarterfinals. Who would you prefer to play, France or New Zealand? Or would you prefer to wait until you see what happens tonight before answering that? I I think we probably have um, a better measure in New Zealand, which is some statement really given yeah, you know, it was only upset a couple of years ago. We had never beaten them. Um, I think we all we need we to do now is beat them at a World Cup because we've done yeah, everything else to them. We've done, yeah, and it's amazing to think there's a lot of Irish players that I played with, and I, you know, I lost a few times to them as well. That uh, you know, Drico, Paul, Rog, these guys never got to beat New Zealand. Uh, the current group have experienced it many times. I just think what happened in New Zealand last year. I don't think they're as good an All Black squad. Uh, as we've seen in okay. the past, I think 2015 they were exceptional. But um, all right, I'm going to go to Duncan on the same question: Who would you prefer to see Ireland play in the quarterfinal? I think it has to be New Zealand, Matt. Uh, not that I would be writing them off by any means. They're they're still an incredibly strong side, and I think people will be foolish to dismiss their chances at this tournament. But ultimately, on paper and based on form over the last 12 months, you would have to opt to play them, New Zealand, or to to play them rather than France, uh, if the choice was presented to you. And for you, Matt Williams? Well, the, the, the option you give me, Matt, was rather be hit by a truck or a bus. <laughs> um, the, the, if you put out, yeah, the boys are right. Um, since 1972, Ireland have only had three wins against France in France and five out of the last eight against New Zealand. So statistically, you've got to take the bus and not the truck. But uh, uh, New Zealand are always a great side. They're never, never a weak side. They're a great side. So uh, you know, let's not put any any sort of parameters that if we get New Zealand, it's it's an easy. I tell you, I'm going to ask the question again after we see France and New Zealand tonight. The kickoff is a quarter past eight. It's a World Cup. We're so much looking forward to. Thank you for your preview tonight, Alan Quinlan from Bordeaux, Duncan Casey, and Matt Williams. We'll have full coverage on Monday's Last Word on Sport as well, and lots of other things for you to enjoy. Hopefully, as well on the program. The Last Word with Matt Cooper weekdays from 4.30 Today FM.